10-5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits! Culver is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. Coming up, we'll recap the football homecoming game with Coastal Carolina this past Saturday. We'll also preview this week's big contest at ULM. Big week ahead for men's basketball as well and recap everything else that's happening in the world of A-State athletics. But uh, one of the coolest stories from homecoming weekend centered around the homecoming queen. Mm-hmm. She was crowned during the ceremony at halftime, then wearing her beautiful green gown, went straight to the podium. And as the drum major directed the sound of the Natural State Band, we welcome into the studio Alandria Maddox. Alandria. Hey, how you doing? Great to see you. <laughs> Glad to be here. So the first question is, what are your emotions during that moment? Right after you've been crowned homecoming queen, you know you got to go right back to work. Where's my whistle? <laughs> that was the first question I asked. Where's my whistle? I got to get on this podium and I got to conduct this band. So it was a very busy day. The band, we had pack preview yep. where we were performing. Then after that, we had Soundtown. So we were visiting the family. My family had came. I was with my mother and godmother. They were visiting. They ate with us. And then after that, we had to get ready for Red Wolf Walk. So we were there for Red Wolf Walk. And then I had to make sure my outfit was in the back of the stadium. And then after that, we went to the embassy. And they was like, hey, you're going to do a hotel band. I said, okay. So I did hotel band. And immediately when I got back outside, had to march straight to the stadium, take my stuff off. When we get to the stadium, then I got to put my stuff back on so I can take the picture with the court. And then during the court time, I was nervous because I thought I missed pregame. It was a very horrible experience. So I ran all the way from the ramp to the field because I thought I missed pregame. And then... I ran back. (laughs) And by the time I ran back, I saw my cousins that had came in downtown and they were done taking pictures. So that's just trying to get to the game. And that was before first quarter started. So So let's go and go to halftime. But I want to know kind of on the front end. Yeah. Did you and Dr. Stephen Riley, the Mm -hmm. director of athletic bands of A-State, did you guys talk about what would happen if you were crowned homecoming queen? Yes. We had to talk about the fact if I get on court, period. Okay. So we were talking about that since the day I found out I got nominated. So we've been planning every day, nearly, trying to make sure that at first I wasn't going to change into my outfit. I was going to wear my uniform. And then I thought about it. I said, hey, I want to change. Can I get a chance to wear my outfit? He said, yeah, you deserve it. So we've been planning that since... The week before homecoming, then the week of homecoming, each day we were finding out, well, what do you have to do? What are your requirements? Where are you supposed to be? So we had to arrange so I could have my interview. So it would be before rehearsal, so I wouldn't miss rehearsal. But also for uh, the parade, can I be in a parade or can I not be in a parade? Can somebody, can another drum major do it? Darren Howlers, what instrument are you going to have? Do you have a suit that you can borrow? Do you not? Can you be in a parade so I can be in a parade with Chris? So it was... It's like back and forth each day we were trying to find out new things and work with each other. So Dr. Raleigh, shout out to him because he really did allow me to live in my moment. And um, even after halftime, 
He was like, you get here when you get here. This is your night. If you want to conduct again, sure. If you don't, just do whatever. So there was never conversation about if I'm crown queen, then not getting up on that platform. No, I told him I wanted to be on that platform. I'm glad you did because it made for one of the coolest (laughs) pictures I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. And really, that's what made the moment as much as anything. The fact that right after you won, you've got the crown on, you're up on the podium. I mean, you're up there in your gown and directing the band. Yeah, the band. They were just thinking about that moment for a week long. They would come up to me. I can't wait to see you in your dress on that podium conducting the band. How many pictures have you received from people after that event of you doing that very thing, being on the podium after you won? I don't want to say hundreds, (laughs) but I don't want to say just, you know, 10. So I've received, to say the very least, dozens of pictures, of videos of me being on that podium. I didn't even see the pictures until somebody posted. So I feel like a lot of people get more information than I do someday. i tell you what I learned last week before she was the queen in making the court. I feel like the number's 30-something registered student organizations on the campus. Yeah. I did not know Magic the Gathering <laughs> was one of them until I saw that's who nominated you for the court. Yeah. Actually, I think a band member by the name of Austin, he made the club. So he asked me if he wanted his club to nominate me. I said, of course. And he, I was like, what do y'all do? He was like, we play card games and we go to tournaments. I said, I love that. Sign me up. <laughs> Did you play, do you play Magic? I don't. The, the card game Magic the Gathering, do you know what that is? I, I do not. Me neither. So it's, I, I can't tell you much besides I knew, <laughs> I knew what it was when I saw she was nominated yeah. by the Magic the Gathering Club. Yeah. I knew what it was, and I was like, I didn't know we had one of those. Yeah, we it's do a, now. It's a, so shout like, out to them. Sort of a, what is it safe to say, like Dungeons and Dragons-esque yes. <laughs> type card game people sit down and play against each other? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Or, or you like even people that really play the Pokemon game against each as opposed to just trying to collect the cards. It's kind I'm of pretty the sure same type deal. Yeah, similar to that. So they were just like, yeah, we play these card games, and, and we want... And so I can, I I feel really, really confident this is the first homecoming queen nominated by the Magic the Gathering Club. Yes. Well, you should be honored (laughs) with that distinction as well. It it never happens. You know, most of the, you know, most of the nominees, you know, got selected by sororities and fraternities. So for somebody to go from a sorority or fraternity to a gathering club. It's different. <laughs> and you won. And so we won. This could become something they do every year. Yeah. Where, Hopefully more band members are inspired to, you know, try out for Homecoming Court, of course. And the You know, that Club. too. I mean, obviously it's a huge story because you're the drum major. Yeah. But I can't remember many band members being on the Homecoming Court before. No. I mean, they have been, but it's not, you know, of course it's still not a lot Should of have us. more because band people rule the world. Literally. Well, I wanted to get into that (laughs) because Brad's a band guy and has talked about that before. And I think that's awesome. But for a dummy like me, I've got just an outsider's view of what a drum major might do. But explain to everybody like myself exactly what 
that encompasses. What all does a drum major do? Okay. Disclaimer, a drum major does not play drums. Mm-hmm. Not this drum major. You can if you're a percussionist or something, but I, we don't play drums. We don't play drums at all. Is that the biggest misconception? Yes, because they hear drum and they're just like, oh, she plays the drums, girl. You got this. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I actually don't. You don't want me on any snare or whatever the case may be. But another term for drum major is field commander. So you're commanding the field and what, what is going on and what associated with the field so you're telling you're a leader first of all so you're you're instructing the band and commanding them you're basically like the tempo of the band so whatever tempo you go the band goes and and you're most in coordinated with the drums so if the drums are not with you then the band's not with you period so it's a leadership position but you're also a conductor basically she's a human metronome Basically. So equivalent to <laughs> a, uh, a maestro for yeah. a symphony, right? Yeah. He's a, you're in here with a couple of drum majors, Stoltz. You better get mind your P's and Q's today. Uh-huh. Well, and that's, that's why I'm asking this from your perspective, because <laughs> you know exactly what she's yeah. doing over there. And it, and it really is, it, it's cool for me, and I hope them too, that one of my kind of duties in the athletic departments i'm sort of the liaison to the band like, yeah. right? mm-hmm. and, and so now and it's great for me i hope them too because like we just can go speak each other's language and like we all sat down in a meeting the drum majors and dr riley and i yeah. sat down in a meeting before the football season started and yeah you know kind of talk through stuff and, and, and so they're a big role i mean i was a huge in our environment and so kind of so just kind of just we can like I said, speak each other's language Just I mean, a and, bit. and kind of help fine tune things to what they bring to the environment at our events. Most definitely. I told Alandria this before we started recording. You and I, Brad, had already talked about Alandria coming in mm-hmm. and doing an episode of this podcast. Mm-hmm. This was well before the Homecoming Queen stuff, right. which is the icing on the cake. Right. But we wanted to talk to you anyway because. You had already made history at yeah. Arkansas State as the first female African-American drum major. Yes. I'm sure that means something to you. Yeah, most and definitely. Obviously, has a very special significance. It mm-hmm. took way too long to happen, but we're glad it finally 94 did. 94 years, but we're here. <laughs> but um, no, it was, it was an honor. I think sometimes we make history without even realizing we make history people make history all the time every day but to be on such a big platform to be a leader and to be somebody in this community seeking to serve them and to be able to serve as an inspiration that's an honor that a lot of people won't be able to get or say they have you said sometimes you make it without knowing so yeah did you know not really. We were still trying to figure it out. It wasn't really set in stone that I had made that historical moment until the summer when I was in a hype show. I think that was that's when all the attention, I would say, started getting on me. This summer, we did the hype show. So it's that hype show that plays every time, you know, before pregame mm-hmm. and also before a halftime show. I'm in that. And I was the only drum major there that day because the other two drum majors couldn't make it. So the fact that I had my little, you know, my little solo moment in that hype show, and that's going to be showing for the next like two years, that was the first moment where it started to hit me. Like, I'm actually doing something that matters, and people are going to be seeing for a while. Like, they, my face won't come out, you know, that screen for years. So um, 
Yeah, just being a history major, making history. I think that's one of my favorite quotes <laughs> that people have been saying so far. Uh, I, I was going to bring that up. You are a history major, so yes. you can appreciate this moment probably even more because yeah. of that. So you do have an appreciation already for history, but yes. the fact that you're doing something nobody's ever done before, yeah. and then to go and do what you did on top of that this past weekend, yeah. <laughs> it's something that, that people are going to remember. You have made your mark here. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. Because, you know, one thing I've learned this semester is that you never know who's watching you at all, and nor do you know who's being inspired by you. Or you don't know, sometimes it's hard to be in a moment when there's so much going on and you have so many responsibilities or whatever the case may be. But to sit and be still and take in a moment, any chance that you can get in this life is so important. And to just be grateful for whatever is coming your way, whether it be in regards to band or whether it be in regards to any other club organization you're in or your academics, you have to be appreciative of all the things that come your way for sure. I don't know if I've ever asked, but the process of becoming a drum major at Arkansas State. Oh, yeah. Like, how's that happen? It usually starts in November. Starts in November, towards the end of the semester, or towards the end of the season, probably towards our last game. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, hey, if you want to try out for drum major, come to the front, be with these you know, conductors that you have this semester, see how it goes. We're going to teach you some conducting techniques. So we're going to teach you what 3-4 is and what 2-4 is or 4-4 is, which is tempos. Mm-hmm. Those are tempos. He was looking at me like, what's going on? (laughs) Tempos, tempos for music, for songs, because those are the beats or the things. That's not the point. So that happens. And then by the end of November, (laughs) we have a a three-part audition, right? So Uh you have an interview, and then you have to perform for the band with a stand tune and the conduct the fight song. And then you also have to teach a Martian fundamental, which is like what they do in the field. So maybe the horns up that you see them do or how mm-hmm. they march on the field, how their feet are supposed to glide or whatever the case may be, the tension stance or whatever the case may be. So I did all three parts in one day on a Friday because I signed up the day before that Thursday. And then I had to do all three parts from the interview to conducting the band to teaching all in one day because I was in the middle of doing some research and putting some getting my papers together it was during finals and I was trying to focus on that but you know Dr. Oliver and Dr. Riley got me so were there going to be three no matter what is it depend on kind of the score like how do we end up with the number three the three has always been there yeah. as far as oh, I know. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Even when I was younger, you know, in like middle school, high school, and I've seen a state band, they've always had three. So that's that's always been a thing. And I think so, the confusion was who's the head? Because, again, with the hype show, we took pictures, and my face was always on Facebook at that point. So people were like, are you the main drum major? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's co, it's co, it's co. But it's all, so it's three the same. It's three the same. I don't get to stand and watch enough yeah. to notice. Mm-hmm. Is it the same no platform no matter what y'all rotating through we rotate okay. we rotate we've been on a rotating schedule since band camp we made the schedule during band camp so somebody's on the podium mainly for a pregame and then somebody another person's running or another person is doing this song and picking this song for this halftime show and etc so we have to coordinate all the time even in rehearsal <laughs> now let me tell you another little thing do you know that uh over the course of this conversation she's told you the instrument she plays. Oh, did no. you know? Did you pick up on it? We haven't discussed you, you, it. But you did. You said at one time. 
I did. And, and I'll, I'll even tell I you. I missed why. it because I was going to ask. No, what? so uh, here's the deal. Because I, I think you, you heard it and it may not even click. And you didn't even know you said I it. Didn't, I didn't But know. when you were rolling through all the stuff that you had to happen in the day and the week and the weekend, <laughs> and you got to the part about Howlers, which was playing at volleyball, yeah. right? And you said something about, you know, who's got a Sousa and oh, who doesn't. yeah. She plays the sousaphone, which Joe Blow's going to sit there and think it's the tuba. Yeah. I played the tuba for the past two years yeah. until I became I'm Joe drum Blow, major. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so didn't you have her pegged as the homecoming queen, pegged as a tuba player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play, I play several instruments, actually. I just came from a lesson not too long ago. What's cool, too, we talk about all this history you're making. Yes. You're also making it in your hometown. Yeah. We haven't mentioned, you're a Jonesboro girl. I am a Jonesboro girl. Went to JHS. Went to JHS. And you were telling me before we started recording, you've heard from a lot of people, but you actually had a really cool moment. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it was yesterday. All right. So tell us what happened with your old band director? My old band director, Mr. Harvison. Let me tell you. So I was coming from church and I was on Aggie Road and I heard some beeping coming up from behind me and it was on my right side and I see my band director in his car pulling up and he stops at the stoplight. It's red, so that's a good thing, but he gets out his car in the middle of the street. It runs to my car and it has tears in his eyes, smiling, the biggest smile ever, talking about how proud he is of me and how his wife and him have been talking about me all night and et cetera, et cetera. So that was iconic. Like who's band directors running up to them in the middle of the street, telling them how much they love them and how much they are proud of them and care about them. Um, I think I'm about to start tearing up here. No, it was, it was beautiful. I almost broke down, but one of us had to keep it together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he but had to get back in his car. He and had drive to get again. back. He was still crying in his car when he was pulling away. It was crazy, but <laughs> that was one of my favorite reactions that I've gotten. Because, I mean, he kept me in band for a while. He was the heartbeat of our band at Jonesboro High School. So for him to to still be proud of me and watching me and for me to, again, still honor him in the things that I do, even as an adult and, you know, college student is so can't get better than that. You mentioned, like, somewhere along the way, we've also dropped in, we said you're a history major. Yes. Which... Another thing, uh, people may think sometimes they look out at those kids in the band and they think every one of them's a music major of some no. sort, and that's not the case. Matter of fact, most of them might not be. I wouldn't say that. Most is it, of them. Is it, what's the split, you think? Okay, so it's 43 majors that's making up the Sound of Natural State this year. 43. Majors, wow. 43. And like, again, with my case, it's only one history major. So some of yeah. those are just like one of whatever major yeah. that they're a part of. But we have like five psychology majors or like three engineering majors or something like that. So it just depends. It depends. So what are you going to do with that history degree? I really inspired to be a historian, right? Professional researcher, probably put out some work so, you know, people could um, read that. But however, I thought about being like in the curriculum administration for history. I think it's some work for us to do, right? Also thought about teaching, thought about being a professor, thought about being like a public speaker or whatever the case may be. I would love to travel in some way, shape or form. So whatever that comes with it. And those are just some of the things that I've inspired to, you know, see myself doing. However, I'm not limited to anything because I can do what I want with that degree because undergrad is more flexible than a master's or doctorate degree, I would say. So I could go into STEM. 
I can go into law. I can go into government. I can do what I want. And it's Bachelor of Arts, so it's more freeing. So it's not like Bachelor of Social Education, so I don't have just one thing I have to do. And even then, you still don't because it's what you make out of it. So I'm making whatever I can make out of it, even if that's like 16 occupations. Love that. (laughs) I still wanted to be a flight attendant just to take a gap year. Like Nobody wants to be a flight attendant, but I think it's cool. It's free tickets. This has been really neat, just kind of getting to know you a little bit. And you are inspiring people. Probably a whole lot of people in those stands the other night have been inspired by you that haven't even met you. But uh, to see what you're doing from afar is is a great story. Yeah, most definitely. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. (laughs) All the time. She's a homecoming queen. She's a drum major. She's an inspiration. She's a history maker. She's Alandria Maddox. There you go. (laughs) And she's joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize... Your home. Really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Red Wolf fans, this is Demario Davis, proud Red Wolf and linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm asking you to help out our current A-State student athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This organization helps our program stay competitive and supports our players by facilitating NIL agreements that allow them to endorse local charities. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. Thank you and Wolves Up. It was homecoming this past Saturday as Coastal Carolina was in town. Good crowd, good atmosphere once again, and had a little over 18,000 on hand at Centennial Bank Stadium. And you kind of teased it last week that we'd see something new In the student section. Mm. And we did. At the top of the student section, the new deck. It looked great. We had a good student section the other night. We did. And I think the the deck, and I wasn't really thinking about it until it kind of saw the game unfold. You know, it actually sort of served a couple of purposes. Number one, it's there for the students. And even though, like right off the tip, it was hard for them to grasp, but hey, that's ours to just go hang out on. And I think plenty of students did over the course of the game. But what it also did was like, it really funnels you know, the ones that weren't going on it, it funneled them down into you know kind of a smaller space underneath it and really filled up that whole end of the stadium from the band over. It was full Saturday night. As far as the game itself, and we talked about it on the broadcast, there's not a lot of games where you kind of look back on it and you feel like maybe it was decided in the first half and it kind of had that feel as you went along, especially after you're down 17-3 to at halftime knowing that you had two touchdowns called back due to penalties. You also had a missed 24-yard field goal in there. So you left a lot of points out there. Now, the game was not over by any Mm -hmm. means. As you come back and get it to within one score, it's a one-score game early in the fourth. But it it did kind of have that feel that you had those missed opportunities that that came back to get you. Well, the oversimplified kind of recap, but the truth in numbers is that you scored two touchdowns, 
they came off the board, so there goes 14 points. And in your place, in their place, you scored three. Well, that's 11 points you didn't score in a 10-point loss. Seems, yeah. seems kind of large. And you also see they outscored you in points off turnovers, 10 to nothing, and they win by 10. There's the difference in the score as well. So, yeah, some missed opportunities. It still was a game late, really scary moment early in the fourth. Three-time Sunbelt Player of the Year, Grayson McCall, going down with the injury. And he was not moving for a long time on the field, surrounded by, well, both teams. They were out on the field, and obviously everybody concerned, looking on the medical staffs, the athletic trainers, all out there taking a look. But uh, when he did get on the cart, he held both arms straight up into the air. That was good to see because – Darian Griswold and I were talking about it on the broadcast. It would have been tough at that point if Grayson McCall doesn't move his arms to try to concentrate on football the final 10 minutes of the game. But because he did do that, it did kind of give you the feeling that, hey, he might be okay there. And we did get the news early yesterday. Coastal put it out that, yeah, it it was precautionary. They kept him and observed him, and he was headed back to Conway yesterday but uh, he was looking like he was going to be okay so that was great news just a terrible moment the worst case scenario to have the game have to come to a stop for a kid to be hurt especially a young man that you know we've had a chance to visit with over the years and uh, think an awful lot of him and you know what he's done for that program but really what what he's done for the league even and what he's accomplished so and then not surprisingly with the amount of game that was left I think it's fair to say that uh, those final 10 minutes were played at a high emotional level. I think that's an accurate assessment. I'm glad it didn't have any more time left than it had because uh, I don't know, it just seemed combustible to the point where, you know, the word was sent to both sidelines, you know, to not shake hands after the game. Yeah. And I don't think there was any ill intent with Travion Thomas. It was unfortunate what unfolded, but uh, at the same time, Coach Jones was very adamant in his post-game remarks that he didn't think by any means he was trying to go after Grayson McCall in any kind of a no, legal fashion. Well, you look, I mean, in the replay... And it happened so quick. The replay official is looking at that for the bulk of the time that McCall is down, and in the end, it, it wasn't targeting. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of surprised most people, including us on the broadcast. We fully expected Trey to be ejected from the ball game due to a targeting call, but it ended up just being a late hit, and he did get to stay in the yeah, game. And even though, like I said, there wasn't maybe that time where the white hat went over to get on the headphones, I do know that the replay official was looking at that over and over and over again during that delay. And yeah, the, the ruling was that uh, it was a late hit and not targeting. That's a heck of a coastal program, and they're playing some good ball. You go back to the start of the 2020 season, and that's really when Grayson McCall came to the forefront. They're 35-10 and during that stretch. The 35 wins, the fourth most in the FBS during that span. So that's a good team we played the other night. And you look back and you see missed opportunities. That was a winnable game. Jalen Rayner did some good things once again. He threw for over 300 yards. He passed for a couple of touchdowns. There were the two interceptions, but he was the team leader in rushing yards. Good nights from Courtney Jackson. 
Corey Rucker had his first 100-yard receiving game of the season. And I thought the linebackers did some good things. It was great to see Malik Straker back after missing the Troy game. He had a team-high 11 tackles. And Char Willickis, who actually had a procedure done during the bye week, was wearing a huge cast on his arm. He still goes out there, doesn't miss a game, and I thought was really good. He had 10 tackles in the game as well and made a big difference at that Mike linebacker position. It's right there. I mean, it was a highly competitive game. And I don't know if I can recall seeing two touchdowns taken off the board due to penalty. I mean, to just see it happen twice in the same game, much less basically the same half. I mean, it's a uh, you sure don't see that much. And yeah, it proved to be big because neither time that the, the touchdown came off the board did we end up scoring a touchdown. Plenty of other things happening in the world of A-State athletics. We'll be back to recap it all when we come back to wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. This is Coach Butch Jones, and we need you to help our A-State athletic programs by donating to the Impact Club. This is an organization that is making a real difference in the lives of our student-athletes. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access that you will not find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. That's impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T club.com. Your support is greatly appreciated and is helping our program right now wolves up men's basketball with their first exhibition under new head coach brian hodson coming up on wednesday of this week that's a six o'clock tip time against treveca nazarene admission free for that game uh-huh and then but let's say it louder for the ones in the back really because there's two things to note there number one the six o'clock tip yeah which is not customary and then uh Free admission to the exhibition on Wednesday. And the parking's open, too. The busy week continues for the men's basketball team. The following night, they'll have the big Boots and Ballers event at the arena. Doors open at 5.30 with the program beginning at 7. That's always fun. And then Monday night, the big charity exhibition game. As UCA will be in town, I think a lot of people are looking forward to this. Tip-off at 7 o'clock. The cost is just $5, and those proceeds go to a great cause, the Win Relief and Recovery Center. Yeah, and it's uh, I'll be talking with those folks a little bit later in the week, but it's interesting, and I think we probably touched on it here before, but in the immediate aftermath of that tornado – what they need quickly is stuff, mm-hmm. cleaning supplies, non-perishable food, and baby stuff, and personal hygiene. There's all these things they need. It's stuff. we got to yep. have some stuff down here, water, drinks, for both the residents and the people helping them clean up. You know, so it's stuff. When the shelf life for that be a story kind of ends, and everybody else has kind of gone on to what else is going on in the world, and the rebuild of that town continues. There's a point where it kind of shifts from it's not stuff they need, it's money. Mm-hmm. 
And that's sort of where they are. That's why, you know, the center's even still open, the Wind Relief and Recovery Center, because they're helping, you know, they're still coordinated with nonprofits. They don't want to come in and do things in the town, but they're to a point here where the need is financial. So it's going to be good to get a chance to see A State and UCA play it in the process, help them as they continue to rebuild. I just drove through Wind on Sunday, clear to see kind of work to what, be done. what part of the, that town was hit with that tornado. Volleyball teams splitting their matches with Southern Miss this past weekend. They swept them in three sets on Thursday and then lose a tough one on Friday in five sets. They're going to be at home again this weekend. They'll host a good Texas State team Friday at 6 and then Saturday at 1. It's their Dig Pink weekend, I believe. Uh, That's always fun. Good to see them be home back-to-back weekends. First time all season that's happened. And my guess is if you wouldn't ask them, they'd let one get away on Friday night. And I'm sure they're anxious to, to get back out there this weekend. Tough week for the soccer team. They dropped their match Thursday in Lafayette, three to one. Then lost on Senior Day Sunday against Appalachian State, two to one. They're now four seven and four on the year, two four and three in league play, and they'll play their regular season finale Thursday at seven at South Alabama, which has been a thorn in it, it their has side been a lot of uh, history there of late. You know, a lot of times. Uh, West Division or Conference title or, in some cases, the Conference Championship in the finals has rolled through these two teams. So I'm sure they always love the chance to get out there and compete against one another. Women's golf team currently competing at the Diamante Intercollegiate. That's in Hot Springs. Senior Elise Schultz shooting a 6-under, 66 on Sunday, was tied for the lead after round one. The 66, by the way, was tied for the second lowest round in program history. We're recording this Monday, and they'll conclude the tournament on Tuesday. But 17 teams in that event. What was amazing in reading about that round, not just that it was a 66, but it was a 66 with a bogey and a double bogey. Oh, wow. She made seven birdies and an eagle in that round. And she's probably kicking herself about the bogey. Oh, the gosh, bogey. yeah. She'd more, I guarantee you, she's more mad about That's how golfers work. They're more ticked off about the two holes than the <laughs> eight holes she played under par. Men's golf team uh, wasn't in action this past week, but they'll be at the Daniel Island Intercollegiate this weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. That sounds rough. <laughs> Cross country, Jacob Pyatt named the Sunbelt Men's Runner of the Week last week. He and the cross-country teams will be at the Sunbelt Championships this Saturday. That's in Foley, Alabama. The men looking for a third straight title. Women seeking their fourth championship in the last five years. Go back to uh, women's golf just a second. Because actually, while we were recording this, this came out where Monica Leaving, who is an alum, a product of the A-State Women's Golf Program, Mm -hmm. is now the world long drive champion. Oh, wow. But maybe that sounds like a future podcast guest. Well, congratulations to Monica. Did it say how far her... Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Long way. We can ask her when we visit yeah. with her. It's absurdly long, I'm sure. Other things coming up this week. Bowling team going to the Sunshine State Classic in Orlando. And the tennis team will be at the UCA Challenge in Conway this weekend. Meanwhile, the football team getting set to travel to Monroe, taking on ULM Saturday at 4, going for 14 in a row over the Warhawks. Mm, it's a big game. 
It is. Both sides. Yeah, if the Red Wolves, if you want to reach that six number and get to bowl eligibility this year, which I, I think is still extremely possible, really need to win this game. ULM, they're sitting at two and five. They know they need to go on a run if they're going to become bowl eligible this year. But that's a ULM team that's lost yeah, in some heartbreaking games this year. Yeah, and, and I get it. Like, right, you're going to hear, and, and Coach said it. I know he started Saturday night saying they're maybe a great team for their record and this and that. And you're going to hear that stuff, and you're going to skip right past it. It's cliche. It's coach speak. It's this and that. But you just go back and look, even look at the scores and go watch some Monroe. I mean, there's no doubt that they – are better. By the way, so is Arkansas State. But yes. there's no doubt that this is an improved Monroe football team they're going to see Saturday. Anything else we need to discuss? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about one thing. Okay. For any of you who might still be around, thank you for sticking around. And then you can pass this word along to your friends and neighbors. And listen, I'm, I'm happy for what I'm about to say, but I will say I would be willing to bet that my relationship with our fan base mm-hmm. is probably not like uh, many of anybody else's relationship with the fan base of somebody who's in my role at whatever school we'll say in our league my relationship is different with our fan base than than most people in this role because of just the time in broadcast and all this they our I, fans I they know, know me better than most people know the person in my chair and that's okay like i think it's a plus i'm happy for that because they know i'm accessible and i want to hear their input but sometimes then it could lead some teachable moments <laughs> all right let's hear this We've talked about this a little bit before, but we're going to talk about replays okay. on the video board. I remember football. having this discussion. Well, and in some cases, I've even probably learned more than I did the last time we talked about it. But there's actually, there are league rules in place mm-hmm. about when and how you can do replays. And the shortest way to tell you this is that it's a Sunbelt Conference rule that you can't miss a live play on your video board showing a replay. The long way to say that and the way it's written in the rules, you've got from the time a play ends to the time the next play starts to show replays. Okay. And that's it. You cannot, you're not supposed to miss live action to show a replay. Sure. So what happens is a lot of times, especially like, and, and number one, and there's some other things in place, but we're, by and large, we're not going to show big plays from the other team. I mean, we, we don't do that. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, we're the home team. We're going to show the replays of the home team doing stuff. And also what happens, too, is you think about a big play. And let's say we're on offense and we have a big play. Then more times than not, if you get a big play, what are you going to do? You're playing now with tempo. And so you're trying to get to the line and run another one. So a lot of times, and I saw it happen several times Saturday night, where we didn't get to play, a, maybe replay a big play until two plays later. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're rushing to the line, you're trying to get the next one, and then if it's incomplete, then you know the game has slowed down enough at that time, you plug in a replay. And that's without getting into the whole thing of you got one person sitting there watching all the camera angles to see if they've got a replay to show and the, yep. the amount of time you've got to do that in because you've got from the time a play ends to the time the next one starts to get a replay in. The only mulligan I probably would have taken if given one from Saturday night was, you know, they scored the the touchdown down in the south end zone where it threw it in the back of the end zone and it looked maybe bang bang on whether the kid was in bounds or not. Yeah, I thought watching it live. He may not yeah. have, but... And, and the thing about it is, is like, in the conversation, again, in real time, kind of figured out here, is we didn't show that replay because, and literally the thing we're saying in the headset is, hold off because they're going to review it. Because it was a scoring play. 
fully expected them to review. Yeah, and so in the meantime, while we're standing there waiting, and if you know what you're looking at, like the white hat, if you stay, you know, will stand in the way of the extra point, waiting mm-hmm. to get word up top whether the review is coming. So we're just sitting there waiting. In the meantime, you know, our guys are watching the replays they've got, and they see clearly the guy's inbounds that it's a catch. Well, once they got the chance to see the replay, it's oh yeah, he's in. It's it's easy. And then they didn't review it. It's so now all of a sudden there's no chance, and at that point, really no reason to show the replay because in the end, the replay booth decided it wasn't even close enough to call the official over to talk about. So hindsight 2020, we had an angle of might have rolled that one, that catch just to let you see it was a catch. But again, the reason it didn't replay is because we incorrectly assumed the yeah, review was coming. I, I was expecting it to be a little bit of a delay for a review as well. I think most of our fans probably yeah. thought that way. So I would, if we knew how that was going to unfold, we had done it differently. But overall, because the fans, you know, they know me and can either ask questions or kind of give feedback, then I like in turn to kind of, I, this is, like I said, this is a place where we sort of lift the curtain back and let you see kind of how the machine works. And the, and the truth is there are conference rules about replays. And there are times it can't be an instantaneous deal for a lot of reasons, but mostly because we can't miss a live play to show you a replayed one. Teachable moment. Teachable moment. Hey, thanks to Alandria Maddox for coming in. What a great story she mm-hmm. has and just a delightful guest and enjoy that conversation a lot. Appreciate everybody listening. As always, for Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.